Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural. No pesticides. No artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready. Miles will be here in about a half hour. Davy.com is where you can find out more Davy trees. Jessica Wallacer is flying solo today. Doug is in jelly old England with a whole lot of fans of his checking out all of the wonderful gardening. And then, of course, he'll be back with us to tell us all about it next week. You can find out more at TribLive.com. He's blogging about it. And Jess is on the road doing what she does best, speaking on the greatness of organic gardening. But here's what I do best. I remind you that all of these folks make this show possible, including Sorgles out in Wexford. So what we're going to do right now, if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. Whole idea of the program is to call in with all of your gardening questions. Memorial Day weekend fast approaching. I'm sure now that the 15th of May has come and gone. That's the day that you really should wait before you start doing all of your serious planting. You're going to be out in the garden later today working around the house. And if it's the organic way and you need some questions, answered all of our lines are open right now for your host jessica walliser from triblive.com 866-391-1020 good morning jessica why good morning i am horticulturist jessica walliser and as you were speaking about sorgles rob <clears throat> excuse me as you were speaking about sorgles i was thinking you know what I need to tell everybody I'm going to be there on Thursday, this Thursday, May 25th. I'm going to be giving a talk on container gardening. We're going to talk about how to grow all sorts of cool fruits and vegetables and flowers in containers um, in a new and fun way. Uh, and, of course, Sorgles is off of the Wexford exit of 79 North. The program costs $5, but then you get a $5 gift card that you can use to make any purchases in the garden center that evening. It's uh, 7 o'clock, and you can call for more information or to register at 724-935-2090. And yes, it is planting time right now for any of our warm season annuals and vegetables. So it's A-OK to get out there and put your tomatoes and peppers in. I was on the weather app this morning looking at the long range forecast just to make sure it was good to go. Uh, No threat of frost for the next, you know, 10, 15 days in the long range forecast. So we should be okay to get out there and uh, and start planting. The other thing that a lot of people forget about this time of year, but it's the right time to do it, is pruning our spring flowering shrubs. So if you have a lilac, an azalea, rhododendrons that have already finished blooming, anything that is already through the flowering cycle, now is the time that you want to, that you want to prune it. Because a little bit later, in a couple of weeks, it's going to start setting the buds for next year's flowers. And if you wait too long to prune it, you're going to be cutting off the flowers for next season. So if you have a lilac and you love it and you want to see it bloom really beautifully and healthy next year, go out and do your pruning now, and then you're going to give yourself a a leg up for next season's blooms. 
All right, 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDK.com. Speaking of planting, I saw some maple trees that were planted the other day, Jessica. And, you know, I figured I had you, I'd ask you, and maybe Miles can chime in later on it. But, you know, I was talking to the guys from True Value yesterday, and why is straw so essential, not just for planting grass, but for planting trees as well? What does straw do? Obviously, it's some sort of insulation, but why is it so important? Well, it's really, people don't use it too much around trees. I mean, it's used a lot of times in the garden as a form of mulch. So like in my vegetable garden, I use uh, straw on the paths in the vegetable garden. I know Doug sometimes will use it around his garlic crop uh, or his tomato plants. It helps sort of insulate the soil, stabilize those soil temperatures. Obviously, it helps retain moisture within that soil as well. The other thing people use it a lot for is if you're getting a new lawn established or you're, uh, you know, you have a bare spot in the lawn that died out in the winter or something like that, you know, and you reseed that patch of lawn, and then they'll put a really light layer of straw on top of it to hold that seed in place, again, to keep that moisture in the soil, and also to keep the birds from eating the grass seed, because they do like to eat that grass seed. So it sort of protects it and holds it in place. Um, Folks might use it around trees for the same purpose, you know, newly planted trees to help mulch, but I like to use like a shredded bark mulch uh, around trees. I think it just looks a little bit more attractive, but yeah, I, I I actually bought two bales of straw this week myself because I needed to mulch the pathways in the vegetable garden. All right. We'll take a short break. We'll come back. Hit your phone calls next. Congratulations to Joan from McMurray, winner of that $25 gift certificate from Sorgle Sports is next. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. Busy, busy phone lines already for Jessica. So let's say hi to Ron. Ron, good morning. You're on the air. This is the Organic Gardeners on KDK. How are you? Uh, yes, good, fine. Thanks for asking. Um, my question is that a few years ago I had a, uh, a tree that I had ground out and put down some uh, soil and planted uh, grass. I water with my hidden ground irrigation system daily. And uh, what happens is I have a plethora of mushrooms that come out and I was wondering whether there's any herbicide that I could use to uh, rid those. Great question Ron and I feel for you because we have the same thing happening in our front yard. We had a a big maple tree that uh, had died and we had taken out, we had the stump ground out and now mushrooms are coming up in that spot and that's just part of the natural decomposition process. When they grind the stump out They don't get all of those, you know, the roots that extend out of the main trunk, and then obviously all of the wood chips that they leave behind. Even though you did replace some of those with soil, there's still some left behind. So those mushrooms just naturally colonize their decomposers. They're helping to break down the remnants of that stump. They're in no way, you know, dangerous to your lawn. They're not going to inhibit the growth of the turf grass in any way, shape, or form. They're just help breaking down that stump. If you're worried about them, you can kind of just knock them aside with your feet or something like that. Once that stump is fully broken down in that soil, the mushrooms are going to go away. They're really nothing to worry about at all. Um, I would caution, though, when you you mentioned that you water your lawn with an in-ground,
underground sprinkler system every day. That's actually not a good way to water a lawn. Uh, that's promoting really shallow root, gra- uh, root growth that is prone to, you know, periods of drought. It can't access enough nutrients. What you're much better off doing is irrigating that lawn with the in-ground sprinkler system just maybe two times a week and leaving it on for a longer period of time so that the water can really soak in deep and encourage good deep root growth that is more drought resistant on its own. It can access more nutrients on its own. Um, It's really much healthier for the lawn to go deeper waterings less frequently. Very good. I will try that. Thank you for the... uh... All right. You're welcome. Let's go to Bethany. Hi, Bethany. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about planting trees. I called in last week and asked if this is still considered tree planting season, and the answer was yes. Mm -hmm. But you cautioned about making sure the tree was well hydrated any time of the year that you plant one. Could you give me an indication of what you consider well hydrated or how much water? That I'm is a very watering good question. it too much and then rotting the roots. Right, exactly. And because we have very clay-based soils that are pretty poorly draining here in western Pennsylvania, they do hold on to to water for a really long time. And so obviously, you know, when you dig that hole and you plant that plant, you risk sort of forming a bowl in there that's really poor draining, and you can lead to to rot of those roots. But it's not, you know... It's typically not a problem. People don't usually overwater their newly planted trees. Um, The cause is almost always underwatering. So what I would say to do is if we don't get rain, go out maybe about twice a week for through this summer at the very least um, and go out. And what I do is I put the hose on a trickle and I just set that trickling hose at the base of the plant and I leave it on there for maybe an hour or something like that, just coming out at a real steady trickle. And what that does is it gets those roots fully saturated, but it also allows that water to percolate down through the existing soil so you don't end up with that little bowl of water there. Uh, and that's really, again, we're going with less frequent waterings with a larger water application so that we're encouraging really good deep root growth. So twice a week for about an hour at a time at a trickle. Yes, exactly. And if, if it's, you know, in the summertime and it's 95, 100 degrees, uh, you might have to do it, you know, maybe do it an extra time, do it three times that week if it's super hot and we really don't get any rain. Uh, but, you, you know, I, go ahead. Do you do it against the trunk or around the drip line? Well, usually what I do, to, you know, if you're talking about something that was planted at a bald and burlap or a containerized tree, I, you know, the, the root mass, right after planting is not that big. So I wouldn't go if it's a I wouldn't go all the way out to the trip line. I would keep it right close to the trunk, maybe two or three inches away from the trunk throughout this first summer just because you're not having roots that reach all the way out into that drip line quite yet. Okay. Thank you so very much. All right, thank you. All right, busy day for Jessica Walliser on the phone lines. If you'd like to join in, 866-391-1020. And we're going to be talking to Davey Tree. You can find out more about them at Davey.com coming up right after CBS News at the bottom of the hour. Eleanor, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have two lilacs that didn't bloom well this year. One is very large with several old thick uh, canes at the bottom. And the other has lots of slender shoots coming up from the ground. I wonder (laughs) what's the best way to go about pruning these. It sounds to me like they might need pruning. Yes, when you're starting to see on a lilac, especially one that is multi 
you know, branch. You have a lot of branches coming out at ground level. When you start to see ones that, you know, are as thick as your forearm in there, that's a sign that that tree really needs a good rejuvenative pruning. So this is the time of year to do it. And what you can do is go out there and you can take about a third of those oldest, thickest branches out. And when I say take them out, I mean take them all the way out down to the ground. And what that's going to do is encourage those new, younger branches, which have the potential to do the flowering in the future, it's going to encourage them to grow, give them space to breathe, and that's going to improve your flowering for many years to come. The other shrub that you have, the other one that you have that is all these small young branches, those are probably um, suckers that are coming out from the ground because lilacs do grow that way. Um, They're not something to really be worried about, but what happens is a lot of times the plant will put so much energy into making more of those suckers that the blooms are sacrificed as a result. So you can sort of, if if they continue to spread out, spread out, you can get in there with a shovel and dig some of those suckers out, and that's going to then get that plant hopefully give it the message that you don't want that to keep happening. You want those flowers to, you know, be produced, and that will help rejuvenate that plant as well. Quick clarification here. You said um, a third of, is it of the whole size of the whole lilac that you could, you could prune those oldest, thickest branches from, or a third of the old, thick branches? <laughs> a third of the old, thick branches. So go into the bottom of the plant and count right. how many big, fat branches there are, and then uh-huh. take a third of that number all the way back out down to the ground. Okay, all right. And then can, you know, that might leave some irregular shaping of the plant when you take those big ones out completely, mm-hmm. you know. Can you then shape the plant, uh, the lilac, a little bit to um, get a regular you- you can. I, I don't really, you know, the natural shape of a lilac is a beautiful vase shape. And yeah. it, when you take those old branches out, it might look a little awkward for a while, but uh-huh. the younger branches are going to figure it out. They're going to naturally want to go back to that vase shape. And so, you know, allow it to grow throughout this season. And I bet you by the time next spring rolls around, <laughs> you, you'll have a little bit more of a typical shape to that lilac. It'll, it'll fill in. Right, right. Okay, so a third of the oldest, thickest branches. You got it. At the base. Yep. All right, thank you so very much. Appreciate thank that. You. All right, listen, before we go to break, Bugavia, tell them what that means because they're going to be hearing that in a Janoski's commercial and they're going to say, what did he just say? Tell them, Jess. <laughs> Bugavia is a great tropical plant. Uh, it's something that's not hardy here, but it is a beautiful patio plant for a container or a hanging basket. Uh, the gorgeous sort of papery petaled flowers that uh, just sort of really lend a nice tropical feel. They're usually like a vining variety, so you can grow it up a trellis or, like I said, in a, in a hanging basket where it tumbles down over the side. It's a beautiful plant. Tell them what's happening with Miles and Davy Tree coming up in about 10 minutes. Well, Miles is going to come on. We're going to talk about some spring tasks that you can be doing with your trees, uh, some planting chores, some other issues that they're seeing right now with trees in our area. So we have a whole lot, as always, to talk with Miles about uh, with trees. All right. What about you? What have you been up to lately? I know you're on the road, but what's 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 in, uh, the life of Jessica Wallace, an organic gardener? What's it all about? 
Well, right now it's all about chocolate because where I am is Hershey, Pennsylvania. So you know I'm going to come back with a couple Hershey bars in the bag. But, uh, yeah, you know, they have beautiful Hershey gardens here. But I'm actually going to be giving a talk this afternoon at the Hershey Library um, on growing a cutting garden. But it's fun because, as, you know, as I'm driving out on the turnpike, I get to see all the, the honey locusts in bloom and all the great plantings that they have at all the, you know, turnpike rest stops and all that kind of stuff, which I love to see. They use uh, starting to use more native plants in those kind of plantings which is always exciting to see as well. So that and with the Sorgals event that's happening on Thursday about container gardening, I'm, I'm definitely hopping this time of year. All right, and Doug, of course, in London, he'll be blogging about it his entire stay at TripLive.com, and he will be telling us all about it coming up next week. Now, coming up next hour, it's spring parties, you know, graduation, baby showers, all sorts of things happening this time of year. We want some of your appetizers, your main course, your desserts, things that you do, recipes that you can share with us that maybe we can make it a little bit more smoother for someone who's looking for some unique and different and, well, appreciated recipes for the gathering that they're going to have, which can sometimes be a little stressful. And we hope to take some of that stress off of you next hour on the Coons Cooking Hour with Joe and Frank Dentisi. So please get ready to phone in with all of your spring party recipes, ideas, uh, trips, and rather um, tips and tricks that can help us uh, really make it easier for someone who's getting ready to plan that big party. Meantime, short break, CBS Radio News, bottom of the hour, President continuing his first overseas trip in Saudi Arabia the last couple of days. Details on that and more, so please stay with us. Your weekend magazine underway on this Sunday, May 21st on News Radio 1020. Katie K. good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. And now it's time for Talking Trees, a service of the Davy Tree Expert Company. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Davy Tree. And to get it started, as Miles is ready to go, Davy.com is where you can find out more. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug is off today. Once again, here's Jessica. Hey, Jessica, good morning. Hey there. Well, we'd like to welcome Miles Stevens, arborist from Davy Tree Company. And we're going to talk today about some things that we can be doing with our trees. And one of the most important things to take a look at in advance of all of the summer storms that we know we're going to be having over the coming months is really looking at the tree's health, the tree's architecture, to try to figure out and minimize that risk from summer storms. So let's talk about that, Miles. What's involved? Okay, well, things you want to be looking for in preparation for storms is, you know, maybe do a walk around. If you see, like, some large dead limbs that could, uh, you know, be a potential danger, be one thing you'd be looking for, or cracks or splits in trunks of trees. That would be another thing, or decay. You know, various things like that, you know, sort of jump out at you pretty quickly, and you think you may want to take care of, you know, obviously you don't want your large limbs falling on property or persons or structures, that type of thing. And then you get further down the road, you may look at uh, what's the overall architecture of the tree. And there are things you need to do with that. There'll be things you'd be looking for. So is that something that a homeowner could trust themselves to do? I mean, you know, to go out there and go, oh, hey, the tree looks okay to me. But really, it should be an arborist that comes out because you guys are the ones that really can fully and, and accurately assess that tree. Yes, correct. You know, you, one thing may jump out at you as a homeowner if you see a large dead branch up there and maybe, uh-oh. You know, maybe I need to have somebody take a look at that or see some other things that sort of look suspicious. Then obviously you're going to have an arborist come out. They can better evaluate. You know, it, it may, it, it may, it's probably more than just looking at a dead limb. You're going to start looking, well, what's what's the whole tree look like? 
you know, what's what's uh, the environment like? It's growing. Have there been any changes, you know, and, or is the dead branch an indication of something more severe that's wrong with the tree, or is it just is it just dead branch? So obviously you have an expert at Arbor's come out and take a look, and they can over evaluate their overall situation. Make okay, and, and and you might have heard us talking, me talking earlier to someone who had a, a stump ground out in their lawn, and they were seeing a lot of mushrooms pop up in the area. And I know, you know, and when we're talking about that, it's definitely a sign of the the decaying matter that's happening under the ground there. But what about when you're looking at a tree that's up, that's live, that has leaves on it, and you see, you know, a, a, a mushroom kind of growing out in the top of the tree? Is that a bad sign? Is that a sign of you know, we really need to have somebody come and take a look at this tree? It would definitely be a situation where we want somebody to come out and take a look at that because, you know, it's one thing, like you're saying, you grind a stump and roots, and that's nature doing its thing. But when you start seeing it on the, at the base of a tree or further up in the stem of the tree, what that's telling us is there's potential there's some decay going on. If there's decay, then we're talking about, you know, loss of, you know, structural integrity of the tree. So at that point, you should evaluate and uh, decide, you know, what the, you know, how severe it might be and uh, what actions you may need to take. Some cases, you know, uh, it, it's going to be, there's, there's no doubt about the tree is going to need removed. Other hand, it might be uh, just some, uh, sometimes we'll see some branches have died. You have some secondary fungi on there, which are really not a major issue. You just prune those out, but certainly an opportunity to take a look, you know, and obviously start talking about decay at the base of the tree, root flare, then that's uh, that can be a major issue and, and can, you know, uh, result in, you know, recommendations for removal if it is severe enough. And the, and the other thing that uh, you had mentioned also, which I think is really important to note to people, like we most people know sort of what a mushroom looks like growing on the tree, but there's also certain diseases that can cause cankers in trees. So describe what those look like and how they might influence and impact the health of that tree. <clears throat> yeah, in the, in the trunk of the tree, for example, you got nectaria canker, sort of looks almost like the stem looks like oval-shaped. And it just, you know, some of those look like an odd, odd growth formation of the tree, and you're not sure you totally understand what's going on. You look at branches, you'll see uh, a branch go out and say it dies, and you'll notice there's a darkened area, almost like a band across it, and there's a canker there, and sometimes those cankers will, you know, move further down into the stem of the tree and, and cause some problems. But uh, cankers can be some, just, you know, people might think initially a malformation of the bark, but you have to dig a little deeper and start finding out there's a. Uh, as there's a, a disease that's, you know, in a sense, sort of an internal type thing. A lot of times with diseases, we think about, uh, you know, people looking at foliage and those type of things, leaves and cankers, more of a, you know, in the uh, in the in the, in the uh, stem of the tree, you know, an, almost an internal type uh, disease situation. And that's something I think that's really important for people to know the value of a certified arborist, that you guys are the guys that can come out and look at that tree and really assess whether or not that, that rot is, is in a place in that tree that could cause possible danger when we have a big storm rolling through with high winds. You know, how is that tree going to hold up through that? And that's something a, a homeowner or just a, a guy who puts his name on the side of a truck and <laughs> says he's Joe the tree guy, you know, they're not going to know that. You're going to need someone who's a certified arborist to come out and take a look at that, definitely, for sure. Yep, always a good idea for sure on that one. If you're not, you know, certain about it or whatever and can always rely on looking up things on the Internet, uh, great uh, to have somebody who's uh, expertise in that area to come out and take a look at it and make the, the proper recommendations. Sometimes people panic and they go, oh, my goodness, we got trees got to go. 
or it might be like, uh, you know, it's like, no, no major concern, but have an expert come out and take a look at it. All right. Very first call that we take when we come back, it's going to be from Miles. It's from Butler. Otto has a tree question. And Miles Stevens, a certified arborist, a degree in forestry. He's been with them since 1983. He's in studio. com is where you can find more. He and Jessica will be talking a whole lot more as well when we get back. But Jess, if you would, I'm sure you'd like to kind of close out this segment with Davey Tree. I do, and for more information about Davy Tree and to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Also, Miles growing up in Clinton, Pennsylvania, friends of mine, of course, and his, the Janoskis, the Kem family, God's country out there. So I'm sure he grew up uh, looking at all those amazing trees and said, someday I'm going to take care of those things. And he obviously did. So what we're going to do right now, speaking of Janoski's, if you're the, let's make it 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win yourself a gift certificate from them. And of course, they're open every day, 8 to 7 in Clinton. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. All right, Miles Stevens is here at Davy Tree, Davy.com, where you can find out more. Jessica Wallace, of course, is uh, on the road today and uh, should be back in the studio with us next week, as will Doug. But right now, we are going to uh, take that call as promised. This is for Miles, and it's Otto calling today from Butler. Otto, how are you? And welcome to uh, the Organic Gardeners. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. My question is, I've got these enormous pine, long-needle pine trees that are probably 50 foot going to 60, and the upper limbs are growing out further, and when they get uh, ice on them or heavy snow, they break off. I'd like to know how much of that top of that tree can I take off without killing them? Well, we always get very concerned or very cautious about, uh, you know, doing any type of height reduction or whatever. And, and I'm wondering if you're what kind of tree you're talking about. It's probably a white pine. would tend to have long branches. and They're very flexible. They're also right. a little more uh, likely to break off in storms. Um, yeah, like I said, get back to the original point, they're hesitant to do any type of reduction because, you know, pines are very uh, – uh, have strong terminal dominance. And when you go pruning that out of there, then you're taking that away – the tree sort of throws a confusion. You end up with more, you know, weaker branch structure within that tree. So, um, you know, some some minor, you know, uh, reduction, some of the weight, the length of the limbs might be in order. But uh, otherwise, there's, you know, unfortunately in those cases, you know, when you have a lot of long lateral branches, not a lot of different things you can do. You know, thin them out a little bit, you know, try to reduce some of that stress. But uh, as far as reduction, we're really hesitant to recommend any type of reduction in a major sense with no, those trees. No work, huh? No, can't well, do it that way. Yeah, you can do a little bit of pruning, but actually you really don't, you know, what you don't want to do is with pruning is you don't want to try to re-engineer the tree. A tree grows what's best and what works best for that species. We go in and try to do a kind of pruning to sort of tell it how it needs uh-huh. to grow, and it's not going to necessarily respond real well to that. And uh, you know. All right. I'll have to call somebody out and take a, have, take a look at them. That would be a good recommendation. All right. All right. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Ron in Manesson. Ron, how are you? Okay. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Ron. What's your question? Uh, yesterday, my tomato seedlings were uh, very healthy looking, but when I checked them today, the, uh, the leaves on them were uh, curling up and turning brown. Now, what can I do to restore them to their original healthy appearance? 
So here's my question to you. Were they uh, just gone from the garden center to planted uh, outside really recently? Uh, no, actually, I started them from seeds on March 13th, and they're about a foot high right now, which is kind of high normally for for what I experience. But uh, uh, I, I don't know. Am I watering them too much, or what can I do? Well, that's usually not a sign of overwatering. That actually sounds like um, you did not do a good job of hardening them off. Um, really? When you start your own seedlings, when they go from inside of the house to out in the garden, it has to be a very gradual process. Um, it should take about two weeks where you're taking them outside during the day, putting them in a shady area, and over the course of two weeks, you're gradually increasing the amount of time they're spending outside. You're increasing their sunlight exposure gradually. If you just take them from inside under grow lights to outside in this hot, you know, hot weather, we have, have had some warm days, blasting sun, you're going to have a little bit of a transplant shock for that. Um, and okay. I suspect that that's probably what happened to your seedlings. They'll eventually outgrow it, so it's it's not that big of a deal. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. It is that time once again to welcome Mrs. Know-It-All. Good morning, Denise. How are you? Hi. Good. Is Miles still with us there? Yes, he is. Well, I have a question, actually, for Miles. I was reading an article um, that Purdue University has a study that uh, due to uh, changes in our climate, that some trees are moving westward, uh, usually deciduous trees, and evergreen trees, they're finding them moving further northward. Have you heard anything else about this? Uh, I find it fascinating. They're moving at about seven miles a year that they're finding seedlings a little further west or north, as the case may be. I can't say I've heard anything directly about that. I just know if you... Uh, if you go to somewhere like uh, the Smokies or some of the higher elevations with the evergreens, or uh, that there's been, you know, they've been slowly, and there's a problems with the delgas there also, but the fact that they've been slowly retreating higher up the slopes because of warmer climates, you know, warmer temperatures, but that's been going on since the last ice age. Um, I'm sure that there's, you know, uh, some movement, plant movement, because, I mean, it seems like spring starts earlier, it's warmer earlier, it's been a gradual change. I can't say I've seen that study, but I know this. In the past, a discussion of some, you know, there's some loss of range of plants, but that's due to, you know, long-term, you know, changes that have gone on. It's interesting. Yeah, and, and we've had a warmer, earlier spring this year, and then it was rainy, and then it's back to 90 degrees. Right. It, it causes yeah. a lot of confusion with plants. What are you going to say, Jess? I was going to say it's really interesting because, um, you know, Denise brings up that study, and there's another um, study that I read uh, a couple of years ago, and I can't remember the exact source of it, but it was talking about the Ohio Buckeyes and how uh, if our uh, the climate continues to change the way that it is, we're looking at a 100-year, 150-year projection where the Buckeyes will actually no longer be able to survive in Ohio, um, which I thought was really interesting. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Ohio without Buckeyes, geez. So, um, you know, all those predictions, and, and there you are, you know, seeing the actual evidence of the ranges changing for whatever reason it is, those ranges of trees changing. It's, it's a really fascinating um, study and fascinating science to, to follow. I think the yeah. big thing, too, is even though you talk about change, you talk about, you know, with emerald ash borer, you have, you know, I won't say disappearance, but, you know, loss of most of your ash trees. And then you think about invasive species. I mean, sometimes I think invasive species are you know, a major concern, too, when you start talking about changes in what, you know, tree vegetation cover that we're seeing, you know, a lot of invasives, too.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again to Denise Schreiber, a greenhouse manager for Allegheny County Parks in Pittsburgh, which includes over 12,000 acres of parkland. She is a lecturer and author of Eat Your Roses and magazine writer, including Ask the Expert for Pennsylvania Gardening Magazine. Denise is also known, of course, as Mrs. Know-It-All right here every Sunday with Doug and Jess, the Organic Gardeners on News Radio 1020 KDKA. And she is an incredible award-winning cook and baker. Denise, thank you so much for your time. Always good to hear from you. So you've got about a minute to, uh, to talk to Miles and then we'll wrap it up. Go ahead, Jessica. Excellent. So, Miles, it's still not too late to plant trees. Any uh, quick bits of advice you can share with people about that? Uh, No, it's definitely not too late, but the important thing uh, with planting is, you know, post-care. Make sure you keep the uh, well watered. You know, uh, just because we have rain one day doesn't mean you can go a week without watering. So, you know, consistent moisture. Uh, I think your call earlier, I was coming in talking about uh, straw or whatever on plantings. Uh, Mulch is always a good idea. And one of the things that mulch does, it can modify soil temperature, one of the advantages of mulch, and also, you know, helps, you know, uh, maintain moisture in the soil. If you have this bare soil, it's going to dry out a lot quicker. So, you know, I would, would, you know, obviously put mulch in and, you know, watering, proper watering. Uh, You can even purchase things. There's like... uh, bags or donut things almost you can put on a tree and you fill those up a couple three times a week and that water's a plan for you those are all right listen how can you refuse somebody from smicksburg uh, franklin i'm going to just ask him your question and see if we can get a quick answer he wants to know the bark is splitting on his tree what, what can you do for him miles what do you think well best to come out and take a look at it real quick just because some trees as they mature the bark starts splitting you get furrows and that could be a natural process and nothing to be concerned with on the other hand, there may be something going on there, so best to have somebody take a look. All right, great stuff. Uh, again, uh, Miles Stevens from Davy Trees, uh, Davy.com. I've got him up on the Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube right now. You can link into it all. And, of course, Jessica is just about anything you could ever imagine when it comes to having a great degree from Penn State. She's an author, and she's a lecturer, and she, of course, hosts this show, Her and Doug with Amazing Talent. We'll come back to wrap it up next. Stay with us. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. Hey, Mouse, thanks again. Always good seeing you guys, okay? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, Jess, do what you do best. Take us home. Remember, the Organic Gardeners always aim to teach you how to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.